Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. everyone, welcome to It's All Connected, episode 74, the long-awaited, long-delayed, uh, long-dramatic episode 74. This is Russ, and joining with me tonight is Doug Herring from MCUExchange.com, who, moving forward, hopefully will be a frequent voice you hear on It's All Connected. Um, uh, I think from, from time to time you'll still hear, uh, you know, John and Brad, they haven't fully gone away. Um, but just a lot of life stuff going on, which has kind of contributed to us pushing the episode out lately. But uh, but they're not gone. They're just uh, on probably a, a bit of a hiatus for now. Uh, hopefully hopefully a short hiatus. Um, so we'll have some folks uh, migrating in, migrating out. Um, and uh, since we are partnered up with MCUExchange.com, we've been wanting to get those guys on the podcast for a while. So uh, it was just kind of advantageous that it all worked out to kind of push it this way. So. Uh, Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, like I mentioned, you uh, are a contributor to MCUExchange.com. So, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea if you just tell the folks kind of what you do at MCUExchange.com, kind of a little bit of your background, um, you know, specifically what your kind of uh, high points and low points are with the with the MCU and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. I uh, well, I'm I'm one of the newer. Uh, contributors to MCU Exchange. I think I actually might be the newest. Um, joined about a month ago, two months maybe, and uh, I write the weekly breakdowns of the big moments in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. I've written a couple other features, and just recently, uh, I'm based in New York, so I got a chance to check out New York Comic Con. Awesome. Jealous? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty great. We, um... So the big crew and I before before the show actually started, we went to New York Comic Con 2011, and uh, so it was me and John and uh, uh, Ken didn't make it, but um, it was uh, Jim Dietz and uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Gilbert, who's on our uh, you know, most of the other podcasts that you catch over on the HHW LOD network side of the fence, um, but that we got to see the big. We talked about this on the show before, but the big uh, Avengers panel right before the movie, you know, came out in in twenty twelve. Oh, jealous! Yeah, so that was that was really sweet, and and we had, like I said, I won't belabor this because we talked about this on the show before, but we got hooked up with these awesome uh, con bracelets, so we got to sit like fourth, fifth row, um, up to towards the front. It was it was really cool, um, but yeah, so I haven't been back since twenty eleven, and it, I hear it just gets crazier and crazier every year. Uh, and I think it's finally pushed past San Diego in attendance, if I'm not mistaken. It has, yeah. It was all, close to 200,000 people this year over the four days. It's insane. I heard Thursday was like a Friday, like it was that it was that crowded. It was, yeah. I got there at 7 a.m. The doors opened at 10. I got there at 7. There were already a few thousand people in line. Wow. So did you go like to to hit the panels and stuff, or are you like a art guy, or do you do you like to go and just walk the floor? What you know, kind of what do you when you go to Comic Con? What's your what's your choice? Well, I dabbled in a little bit of everything. Uh, Artist Alley, I loved. Um, 
and and I did I did I got to see the Agents of Shield panel, the Agents of Primetime panel, I should say, which was really cool. I uh, got to see the Agents of Shield episode from two weeks ago. Got to see that a couple days early. And uh, I tried to get into the Netflix panel where they showed the first uh, Jessica Jones episode, but they they handed out wristbands to get into that in kind of a weird way where they they gave the standby line tickets or wristbands first, and then they gave the normal line wristbands. And a lot of people weren't too happy about that. I wound up not getting in, uh-huh. but um, yeah, well, it was. But uh, no, I saw a lot of cool stuff. Just took a lot of pictures, walked the floor a little bit, did a little bit of everything. Awesome. Did you, did you pick up any art uh, in Artist Alley, or did you just kind of browse around? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. I actually I brought a sketchbook and I got a few sketches. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I, that was one of the areas when we went in 2011 that I didn't spend as much time as I really would have wanted to, which is which is Art Artist Alley. But uh, um, it's it's just gotten so busy. So maybe one of these years we'll get back to it. Um, I know you know John's from New York as well, so he's kind of a local. Uh, so it, it makes it easier. Uh, the one thing that's tough from uh, from the for for me coming from Texas is it's just expensive. Uh, the yeah. you know the flight, the hotel, uh, you know, and everything was just a just a bit much. So, uh, but I I would like to get back. Maybe uh, are they still working on the cha- the expansion at the Javits, or have they finished uh, all the construction and everything down there? Oh, it's all finished. Awesome. I yeah. So I knew that was going to give them a lot more space. You know, once they they finish that expansion out and then. Uh, so yeah, maybe one of these years I'll get back there. I say that about San Diego too. I went to San Diego in, in uh, 07 and I haven't been back to San Diego since. So one of, one of these years, never been out to San Diego. Oh, it's, Open to go. it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like New York. You know, I would tell people it's, it's an experience. You should go just to, just to take it in. But, uh, I think if I went back to San Diego, I would probably skip Saturday and just do like, uh, you know, like Thursday, uh, Friday and then like Sunday and then just kind of hang in San Diego for Saturday. Cause it's just, it's crazy. Well, cool. Um, so I think what we're going to do today, I know we're, we're way behind. Uh, there's been a ton of news coming out. So it was funny because the last episode 73 we did was a news catch up show. So we can get that out of the way to start, uh, agents of shield coming back on. Uh, and just because we had that unforeseen hiatus. So I think what we're going to do is catch up on a bunch of news and uh, I think, uh, Doug, you and I will just kind of talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far, uh, the first few episodes of the season, not really in any kind of detail, but just to, just kind of give our thoughts of, of what we think and, uh, and all that. And then uh, we're actually going to record another episode probably later this week. So it's Friday night as we record this, uh, probably midweek after, the, after episode five airs. Um, and I think we'll give a deeper dive on each of the episodes. So at that point, there'll probably be... Not I, I I don't foresee a whole bunch of news coming out in the next you know four or five days, uh, so we'll be able to kind of give a focus show on Agents of Shield and get everything caught up. Uh, so that's that's kind of the plan. So hopefully hopefully we'll stick with the plan. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, no particular order, uh, but I wanted to start out. One of the big new pieces of news that came out today was the Phase Two box set has kind of been finalized. Which uh, you know this is something that. You know, Amazon kind of had a placeholder for, I don't know, probably about six or seven months now. And they kind of just had that teaser image of the, uh, of the, the, um, the Power Stone and, and that, uh, that image from Guardians of the Galaxy. And that was all. We didn't really have any kind of details behind it. Uh, and today it kind of, uh, 
it it was put out as to the specifics of it. So uh, kind of like we thought, we're going to get the uh, the orb with the glowing. I guess it's going to be a it's kind of similar to the phase one. You know, you open it up and there's something glowing inside. So this one's going to have uh, you could actually open up the top of the orb that holds the the stone. And I'm assuming it's probably going to have some mechanism that when you pop the, the top open, it's just going to have this light that that uh, pops up and it's on a base. And it looks like you could take the whole orb off. So it looks like it's kind of a static base. Uh, and I'm assuming inside the base is where all the goodies are. Uh, and, and they've come out and announced what all the goodies are. And uh, kind of like we suspected, it's, it's going to be all the movies, uh, their Blu-ray, their Blu-ray 3D, and a digital copy, which the Phase 1 set didn't come with digital copies of uh, of the movies. And, and when that set came out a few years back, it, I guess it wasn't as commonplace to have this kind of ubiquitous digital copy that comes with everything you buy physically. So that was good to hear. Um, so of course it's going to be Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Um, and it's, and it's called a one-to-one prop replica of the orb. So it looks like this is going to be, uh, hold it in your hand just like, just like Star-Lord did in the movie. Um, and then, uh, it says 166 minutes of bonus content, um, as well, and, uh, one of the things that was cool that was missing out of, out of the phase one set, and we commented it back on it at the time is it didn't have any of the one shots, uh, you know, uh, necessarily, uh, on there. I mean, whatever came on the Blu-ray is, 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 you know, what, what kind of came on there. Um, but this is going to have all of the one shots on there. And not only that, but it's going to have commentary by them. So, uh, I saw, that uh, Luis D'Esposito, uh, I guess it was Instagram or tweeted out something with uh, Haley Atwell that she had just come in to do the audio commentary for the Agent Carter one shot. So, so it's kind of cool that we're going to get uh, get all these one shots kind of collected together and then, you know, with the commentary. So Clark Gray is going to do commentary on his. Um, Max Hernandez is going to do uh, and Titus Welliver and Jesse Bradford are going to do the, uh, the item 47 one shot. So, so there's some really cool stuff that's going to show up on, on the set, as well as the, the trinkets that, that normally appear where it's like the tat, the Howard, the head, the, uh, the Tony Stark tattoo, you know, some pins, uh, a book from the, the book of the dark elves. Uh, there's a, there's a PIM, uh, there's a PIM badge that has, um, uh, oh, what's his face is uh, uh, Luis's character from Ant-Man on it uh, and just a bunch of, uh, you know, cool goodies that uh, that will get in there. Yeah, the um, the the commentary on the one shots are probably the things that I'm most excited for. I, I love all the one shots and the chance to hear commentary, especially Clark Gregg uh, to, to have commentary on those. I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, another thing is, you know, I, I have the, the Phase 1 box set, and what really made it worth that, you know, $175, $200 price tag, whatever it was, what made it worth it was the, the, the trinkets, as you called them, the little portfolios on all the different Avengers, or the, the newspaper clippings from Howard Stark's death, or yeah. from the accident that caused the Hulk. So, you know, hopefully that they don't, they don't skimp on the, on the physical media as well as the digital yeah, and it doesn't. I mean, just looking at the picture here, there's, there's, there looks to be about as much stuff as there was uh, with the first one, with this one. So that's, so I was, I was happy, I was pleased to see that. Um, 
but yeah, that that definitely makes it uh, makes it all worthwhile. Is just kind of that that extra goodies, and you know the the sleeves for the discs. You know, it doesn't bother me that it, they don't come in the in the bulky you know plastic containers. Honestly, um, I really like this the uh, minimalistic art style they do on the on the um, on the little. It, they're just little cardboard sleeves that hold the discs on them. Uh, but I really like the uh, uh, you know the the artwork on that, and it looks yeah. like. Um, they're just going to be separate, you know, they will be both, both discs, uh, in one. So this is good. I, uh, I, I, you know, I picked up age of Ultron, uh, for the steel book. I picked up guardians of the galaxy for the steel book. Uh, but I, I haven't picked up the other ones. Like I have, I didn't pick up iron man, uh, three. I didn't pick up Thor, the dark world. I probably am going to hold off on ant-man just because it'll come in this set. Um, and so that way I don't have to double dip unless they do some kind of crazy, I'm, I'm like a weird package junkie. <laughs> um, so I like all the cool, you know, if they do steel books and stuff like that, I, I, I dig all that kind of stuff. So if they do some kind of cool steel book for Ant-Man, I might just pick it up just to, just to put it on the shelf, uh, kind of thing. But, uh, sure. But the other thing is this is an Amazon exclusive too. So, uh, this isn't something that, you know, the phase one, you could go to Best Buy or whatever and, and pick it up. Uh, but, but Amazon's been working these exclusives. I know that, uh, shield season two and the agent Carter season one were, uh, Amazon exclusives. Now, whether they're timed exclusives or not, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. But at least for now, this is a, this is an Amazon exclusive. And given that the holidays are coming up, that's probably a smart move on their part. Uh, cause they'll, they'll pretty much have a, have a corner on that market. Absolutely. So we finally, so that's the long-awaited Phase 2 set uh, that'll be coming out. Um, so still kind of on the MCU cinematic side, uh, there's been some changes to Phase 3. Uh, and so the biggest announcement we got a while back was that uh, we're going to get a sequel to Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which I, I think we kind of thought that it would happen, but I didn't think we thought it would happen in Phase 3. I mean, I just assumed it was going to be... a uh, a phase four thing that, you know, they keep the slate after having moved it around a little bit. When Spider-Man kind of came back in the fold, I thought it was going to be fairly locked down. Uh, and now that we find they want to shoehorn uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp in uh, for July, 2018. Yeah. I was really surprised by that. I was, I was expecting an Ant-Man sequel at 2020 at the earliest, but to see we're getting one so soon, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Even though they did have to pu- push back Captain Marvel another couple months yeah, this yeah. So that that was the interesting thing is so there's a lot of kind of grousing about uh, Captain Marvel being pushed to March, uh, 2019 from summer 2018, um, and and then I think it got pushed again to to uh, to winter when when Spider Man came in. Uh, the one good thing is that they're going to move up Black Panther. So instead of waiting until 2018 uh, for Black Panther, we're going to get Black Panther in, in uh, November of 2017. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, what's really interesting to me is that Black Panther, when they originally announced it, Black Panther came out before Infinity War Part 1, and then when Spider when the whole Spider-Man deal happened, it moved to after Infinity War Part 1. Now it's back to before Infinity War Part 1. It almost looks like it doesn't really matter, you know, when these movies comes out in regards to Infinity War, uh which, you know, I'm I'm wondering how that's going to how that's going to work because I assume Black Panther's going to show up in Infinity War, so I, you know, I don't know if his solo movie would be affected by the events of of Part One. 
Yeah, it's it kind of makes you wonder if they even had a script going because I'm I'm assuming you know for some of this stuff I imagine they just want to stake their you know place in the on the calendar so that somebody else doesn't come along and 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 grab it. But uh, Captain Marvel is the interesting one to me because uh, you know to to have that movie come out so it's gonna it, it pushed to March eighth of 2019, which is two months before Infinity War Part Two. So. It's funny because there's been a lot of speculation that she'll show up in in Infinity War Part One. Uh, you know whether that's true or not. Now we don't know, but maybe you know maybe she won't show up in Part One. Maybe she'll be introduced in her solo movie and then show up in Part Two. Um, so it's 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 very interesting how you know all this stuff is kind of uh, fitting together. And and I, I, it's also interesting to me that they're they're keeping things so close to their big temples, like. Uh, so Ant-Man and the Wasp are going to be July of 2018, and Infinity War Part 1 is going to be May of 2018. So just two months apart uh, for Ant- for the Ant-Man sequel and Infinity War Part 1, and then two months apart between Captain Marvel and Infinity War Part 2. Uh, and it, I, I, it just seems odd to me, like it, almost like they, uh, they're kind of competing against themselves. I would think they would want these movies to maybe have longer legs uh, at, the, at, the, at the theater, but, uh, but I guess any more... You know, after you know, after six or seven weeks, you're pretty much done in the U.S. anyway. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't think they really can give their movies much more space from each other between Marvel and Pixar and Star Wars. Yeah, it's a good point. Pretty much anywhere they go in the calendar, except for January at this point, is within two months of another major Disney release. Yeah, I did, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about it in the context of of Disney competing with Disney. Um, but yeah, that, that, you know, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, they may not be competing with another Marvel movie, but I'm sure they don't want them competing with a, with another Pixar release or a, or a star Wars movie. So, um, but the last little bit on the scheduling side is they announced three movies for 2020. Uh, so we've got May 1st, July 10th and November 6th. Uh, and, and they didn't assign anything to them probably smartly because at this point, uh, you know, I think sometimes they like to hedge their bet uh, as as to, you know, what's going to really strike and then give it a sequel. My guess is, and I'll be curious to, th- to hear what you think, Doug. Um, I'm guessing that the July 10th, 2020 is probably a Guardians 3 because it would line up with being three years apart at that point. Um, May 1st, 2020, I'm thinking maybe uh, a Doctor Strange sequel or maybe that's May- that's November 6th. Um you know, because then again, that'd be like, uh, uh, you know, almost four years apart. What at that point? Um, but then I'm wondering. You know, what my other theory for what they may do is one of these maybe, and I'm sure I'm sure it would be the May first uh, movie is maybe an Iron Man four. Maybe they talk Robert Downey Jr. into coming back for one, for like his swan song to give him his his own movie and and kind of go out in style with a with a fourth Iron Man movie. I think that's possible, but I know that uh, Kevin Feige has definitely said that the end of Phase Three is is the end of a certain version of the MCU. It's it's not the end of the MCU, but it is it's the end of what we currently know as 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 the cinematic universe. So I I, I can see them starting to move away from those uh, older classic characters. Uh, and, and starting to rely more heavily on the more successful characters from Phase Three. So you know, if if Doctor Strange does well, then certainly a sequel for him, or or maybe Captain Marvel. And yeah, definitely, definitely one of those three is is Guardians Volume Three. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see, 
I, I easily see Guardians 2 doing as well, if not more, more so than Guardians 1, just because it's kind of... I know, I know not everybody uh, adores it as much as some of us do, but but uh, for the most part, it was it was extremely well-received, so... So that that's exciting. So yeah, I'll be curious to see to to see you know, and I don't expect an announcement on any of those for probably at least another year, year and a half at the at the earliest. Um, you know, we haven't even started phase three yet to to let alone talk about. And I'm assuming these are phase four. I mean, that was the other thing they didn't really say. And I guess you know, for the most part, it's I mean, it's not that big of a deal. You know what you know whether you call it phase three or phase four. But uh, I'm assuming it, it, that these would be phase four. Yeah, it wasn't really too clear in the um, in the the press release they put out whether it was the start of phase four or if it was being added onto the end of phase three. But like you said, there it's kind of an arbitrary classification. Sure. What's crazy is starting in 2017, we're getting three movies a year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that's that's what's what's pretty crazy. Uh, two in the summer and one in the winter. So what I what I was wondering, actually speaking of that, is. Uh, if if Sony and Marvel wanted to do another Spider-Man movie, which I'm sure they will, um, would that – do you think that could be one of the 2020 movies or do you think that wouldn't be on Marvel's calendar since it's a Sony release? It, it's funny because – you know, at first I thought – I thought that's what I thought. I'm like, well, this is Marvel's release schedule. So this wouldn't be um, – you know, this wouldn't be Sony. But then I think back to when they reshuffled – they're pretty much considering, you know, the, the Sony Spider-Man movie as a part of that, um, you know, that cycle. So, uh, again, the, you know, the, another Spider-Man movie would kind of line up with that. So it's, it, it's, you know, I, I guess it just depends on if that announcement meant literally a, um, a Marvel Studios, you know, funded Disney-backed picture, um, you know, for, for these three or not, because it wasn't it wasn't clear that that was the case. So, yeah, there's been a right. lot of speculation that this one of these probably the July 10th one, I assume, would be a, a Spider-Man sequel um, or I guess the May one, actually. Yeah, if May was was Spider-Man and July was Guardians, Guardians. or vice versa, yeah. and then November could be Doctor Strange or even a new property. Yeah, or did Black Panther at that point. Yeah. I mean, you know. Sure. I, th- I think you know. Again, I think some of this is they're they're kind of hedging their bets. Like, let's see what you know what hits. And then, Absolutely, yeah. And then, I don't think I don't think they were planning on giving Ant Man a sequel so soon, but I think they were really happy with with the response to that film, so they wanted to make it happen as soon as they could. Yeah, and it it opened and it's funny they greenlit this before it happened, but it 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 recently opened in China and it did very very well in China. Uh, it, it did well enough to the point where it's internationally, it's pushed up the box office for Ant-Man above uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, Captain America, the first Avenger and uh, the first Thor movie. So, you know, internationally, it's, I guess, seventh uh, in ranking. Um, right. It, it's the, the third highest uh, Marvel opening in China behind Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron. Yeah, which is crazy because... Both of those, well, I know Iron Man specifically had some, you know, had had big ties to China. I mean, they filmed a bunch of stuff in China. They got, um, you know, they got some, I think they got some subsidies and stuff like that to film over there um, and, and make China. They, they got a, a, their own cut of the film. I mean, there's there's a couple scenes in that movie that, that uh, only aired in China that never aired in the U.S. So uh, I, th- I think... I think some of these movie studios are starting to really kind of grasp that, uh, that China is kind of this untapped market. And, uh, 
you know, there's, there's opportunity to kind of, um, you know, adjust the script and, you know, adjust the settings to, to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if they can pick up another hundred million in China, there's no reason they won't do that. Sure. And it, you know, it makes sense if they, if they can work out a partnership deal to get it done because, you know, that's been one of the big concerns, you know, over time is, is piracy. Um, you know, and, and China is one of those countries that they always cite as, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a big source of piracy. And if you can actually tap that market to get in and you know, give people an experience that's legitimate and um, quality, then, you know, I think they'll, they'll, you know, dive into that as opposed to just, you know, getting some copy where, you know, some guy's head's in the way or, you know, somebody's walking, you know, back and forth in front of the screen. Hmm. Uh, so have you been keeping up with Vin Diesel? Do you, do you, do you follow Vin Diesel and, and all his crazy shenanigans? I have. Yes, I do. I love Vin Diesel on social media. <laughs> uh, he's kind of a riot. So he's, uh, yes, he he's been teasing this inhumans thing for probably what, like three years now or so. It, sure. Since before, since before he was cast in guardians. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess now he's kind of come out and said, like, he's, I think he, what did he put out an Instagram picture of like him, like next to Black Bolt in like a similar pose and like he's done, uh. Yeah, so I, I guess a fan had photoshopped, uh, a photo, a picture of him with the caption, are you inhuman behind him? And, and he posted that. Yeah. Um, and I guess they've kind of talked, he's never come out and said, but he said like, Oh, I'm talking to Marvel about another role, but it doesn't mean it's a speaking role. So he's been real coy. It, it, it's funny because the Vin Diesel stuff with the Inhumans reminds me a lot of the the stuff The Rock did when it comes to uh, bl- to Captain Marvel slash Black Adam. Like it seemed like he talked about it enough that he basically made it true just by uh, just by talking about it enough. Uh, yeah, he he seems to be the only actor uh, within Marvel that isn't afraid of of Marvel snipers showing up at his door or, or taking him out. If he says too much, you know, he, he seems to be pretty free flowing with the information. Yeah. And I guess when you, when you're part of a franchise that is probably become like the number five grossing movie of all time worldwide, um, <laughs> you could, you could kind of, you know, you kind of have a little bit of freedom to, to kind of sure, talk yeah. crazy. Um, but I guess they kind of asked him a little bit specifically, and he 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 pretty much came out and said like if it was the right director and the right script, he would he would be all about jumping on the Inhumans. So again, the 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 plot thickens when it comes to uh, Vin Diesel playing Black Bolt. At this point, I'd be surprised if it's not him. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he you know he looks the part, and it's 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 really kind of f- cool because you know here we have him with Guardians where he's a voice and no, and no, you know, body. And then to have him in, uh, in humans where he would play a body with no voice. I, I think that's, that's a cool juxtaposition to be able to, to play two characters in the same universe without them conflicting with each other. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the next bit of news, uh, Thor Ragnarok, so it looks like they're going to s- spin up production in June of 2016. So about eight months, six, eight months from now um, in Australia. So I guess Chris Hemsworth gets to go home for a little bit and, <laughs> and be in his native country. Yeah, what's what's interesting about this is I know that now with with Hulk confirmed to be in Thor Ragnarok or or almost confirmed. I don't think Marvel has said anything, but major outlets like Variety, they've yeah. they've pretty much confirmed it. 
Um, and and they've said it's going to take on a take place on a planet that's not Asgard or or Earth. I think that um, you know I think that Australia could be that third planet and. If they were going to take elements from the Planet Hulk storyline, Australia would be a good place to film. Sure. Yeah, I'd be real curious to see how that all fits in. I mean, I'm I I'm really looking forward to uh, to Thor Ragnarok. I, I I really liked the Dark World. I thought it was an improvement personally over over the first Thor movie, which which again I I did like, but but I thought the Dark World was a bit of an improvement. Um, there's been a lot of stuff coming out too that this is going to be like the darkest movie yet, which you know, who knows? I mean, sometimes hype, so, you know, I mean, you know, something's always the, the most X of, of this franchise or that franchise or whatever. So, sure. Um, but it'll be, I'll be curious to see uh, how this one ends because there's been a lot of speculation that they may kill Thor off to bring him back in infinity war or that, you know, some big, you know, and obviously the name, uh, Ragnarok implies, uh, implies all that. So, yeah, I like I I mean when they first announced uh the Phase 3 lineup at the El Capitan last October uh and and Feige said something to the effect of Phase 2 Thor Ragnarok will be for Phase 3. And so ever since he said that, every bit of news for for Ragnarok has just gotten me more excited and and it's probably one of my two or three most anticipated movies of Phase 3. Yeah, for sure. Because I, th- I think it's just kind of like this unknown, you know, I think we all kind of have a general feel like, OK, we kind of know what Black Panther is probably going to be about, you know, just just based on knowing that character. And, you know, we we're, we're pretty sure Infinity War is just going to be some crazy nonsense, you know, where they're just going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink at it, um, you know, and so, and, you know, obviously an Ant-Man sequel and things like that. I think Thor, this one just kind of has like the biggest like, how you know, how are they going to approach this? What are they going to do? Are they going to? You know, they're going to end the gods. You know, how are they going to, you know, they're going to interpret it, you know, literally. Uh, you know, to me, this one has 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 that, uh, again, that just kind of air of mystery to it to figure out, you know, how what what's going to happen, you know, in that movie and at the end of it. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, have you, I don't know if you're a console or a video game player, but have you... Uh, had a chance to look at or, or fiddle around with any of that Disney Infinity stuff? Um, well, I, I actually used to work at uh, Nintendo World, the the big retail store uh, up here in New York, ah. and uh, and that was one of their most popular demos. So, right when I can't remember which which new characters were were added to it, but there was some new expansion of of characters that everybody was excited for. And I got, I got to demo that for, for people for a while, but that's the only experience that I've ever had with Disney infinity. I picked up, uh, so when the 2.0 was kind of ending its life cycle, it, it got really cheap. You could pick up like the base set. Uh, you know, it was like, I don't know, 30 bucks and the figures, uh, you know, got kind of cheap and I kind of dabbled around with it. And the, the one thing I'll say is the figures are very high quality. I mean, for them, for, you know, they're, even if you didn't play the game for you know thirteen bucks to get these things and just stick them on your desk, they're they're pretty cool looking. Uh, they're very well done. They're they're stylized versions of all these characters, obviously. Um, but but they're they're very nice. Um, 
And I tried playing the game, and it's very... Uh, the 2.0 was very juvenile. So I was really excited because it brought in the, the Marvel characters and stuff like that. Um, but it was just... For me, it was just way too juvenile. Uh, so when the 3.0 came out, I did a lot of, you know, digging around in the net and stuff like that. And uh, I went ahead and picked it up, picked up like the deluxe set. So it came with Boba Fett and and all that uh, all that stuff. And it's it's a much... I always hear... the the. The thing that people say about it is it it's like a real video game. Like they like they they kind of shored up everything that you kind of complained about with the other one. So it's it's still kind of geared towards a much younger audience, uh, but there's enough there uh, that if you're into video games, just kind of like fun and cool stuff. You know, the story you know stuff is kind of cool, and the toy box stuff is kind of cool to play around with and and things like that. Um, so it's 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 kind of interesting. Uh, but one of the things to tie it back into the MCU side of things, one of the things they're coming out with in the March 2016 set, so right before uh, we get Captain America Civil War, they're coming out with this Battlegrounds playset, uh, which is an expansion for the 3.0. So the 3.0, you know, the 1.0 was just like general Disney stuff. The 2.0 was the Marvel stuff. The 3.0 has really been the the Star Wars stuff. Um, you know, but they're bringing, they always bring in other properties with it as well. But, uh, so the, the big thing for the 3.0 on the Marvel side is this Battlegrounds playset. Um, and they're going to re, they're going to put out a new Captain America figure. Uh, and this one is going to be based on, they're calling it Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, and he looks like he does in, uh, Civil War. So, uh, it's, it's the, the Captain America out, outfit with no helmet. And it, it, it looks like a, cartoon stylized version of chris evans which is kind of cool um and he has the shield kind of the pose of the figures like from the first poster for the first avenger where he's got the shield and he's looking down um but the uniform he's wearing is is the uh, civil war uniform so it's it's very close to the age of ultron uniform except they took away a little bit more of the red and kind of added back some brown uh to it um so it looks pretty cool and then of course the the hulk buster figure is coming in and the Ultron, and the Ultron is very much like the Age of Ultron movie version of Ultron for that. So uh, if you're into Disney Infinity and like the MCU stuff, they're, they're kind of bringing more of that look into the Disney Infinity stuff as opposed to the comic book look, which is, uh, which is kind of what we got in the, in the previous iterations. That's, I mean, that's cool. I, I have no experience with Disney Infinity, but I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, you know, I, you know, I, I've got two small grandkids, and so they come over, and they're they're kind of almost at that age where they can kind of hold a game controller and kind of work with it. Um, but they love just running around, just shooting random stuff. So it's kind of fun to just kind of just let them just kind of fire it up and just play it, and and just let them kind of go go crazy with it. Um, so it's it's kind of fun. But yeah, it's, like I said, it's uh, you know check out some YouTube videos or Twitch videos on it. You know, just kind of get a get a feel for for the gameplay and stuff to see if it's something you'd be interested in but uh but yeah it's it's uh it's been kind of fun to kind of just kind of you know casually play i guess i'd say uh so on the tv side so we got some or we got a jessica jones trailer today again that was another thing we we got today did you uh did you get a chance to look at the full trailer for jessica jones i i did it was the first thing i did when i woke up this morning (laughs) what did you think Uh, i loved it I am so excited for this show. Um, I thought I thought Kilgrave is. I mean, he looks 
monstrous. Uh, and I, I think this show is going to make me do something that I didn't think was possible, uh, which is hate David Tennant. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love the feel. I love the tone. I think they got everything exactly right. And it looks like it's going to stick fairly close to the Alias comics, which is uh, certainly a darker path for the MCU to go down. Yeah, for sure. Did did you have you read Alias in uh in the Pulse or either or? Uh Alias, yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, I I uh I guess it was maybe about 4 or 5 months ago I picked up the Omnibus for Alias. I didn't catch it when it first came out and I hadn't I hadn't had a chance to read it. Uh so they put out an Omnibus hardcover and I just kind of blew through the whole thing pretty quick and uh it's I I really enjoyed it, and I kind of thought the same thing. Looking through the tr- the trailer, I was a little surprised at how close it it seems to be matching it in tone. I mean, we've heard, you know, oh, it's going to be dark, oh, it's going to be gritty, oh, it's going to you know stick fairly close, and you know, it's like you know sometimes those are things you just hear and people say. Um, but looking at the trailer, I was I was really surprised how dark it really looks. I mean, it you know. Uh, they do a good job of kind of uh, portraying how afraid she is and how she's, you know, just kind of she's basically a mess of a person. Uh, and, and it's because of her her past experience. And so the fact that they're sticking with that, I think, is is pretty cool. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm I'm looking forward to it a lot more than I thought. I mean, when they first announced it, I thought, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um and Kristen Ritter, I was like, I was not, I mean, even on the show, I said, I'm not really, I mean, I liked her in, in Breaking Bad, uh, and I've seen her in a couple things, and she's she's okay, and I just I just didn't see her as Jessica Jones, and then watching the trailer, I'm like, mm, she's kind of winning me over. You know, she, uh, you know, she kind of is looking more the part than, than I thought she would. Yeah, those were kind of my thoughts as well. Um... I, I, I've never loved her in anything she's been in. I've, I've liked her. She's been fine. But uh, from, from what we've seen so far, I think I'm going to really love her in this. I think she'll she'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. So I'm really excited. So we're less than a month away from that. Um, I see a, uh, a pay time off day in, in my future, uh, like I did for Daredevil. <laughs> uh, probably just order a pizza and grab a couple beers and uh, and park my lazy behind in front of a TV for for a day. Um, so staying on kind of the Netflix train, uh, it looks like we're going to get more Turk in Luke Cage. And, uh, so Turk Barrett was a character from Daredevil. Uh, and he's one of those guys in the comics where he shows up, you know, he's been in Daredevil. He shows up in Punisher. He shows up in Spider-Man, I think even uh, a few times. So he's kind of like one of these just kind of, uh, a uh, guy on the street, uh, you know, low, I, I'd say low, lower. He's, criminal i think he he tries to be a bigger criminal than he really is and he's kind of a screw up more than anything um and then from time to time they at least in the comics they've been able to squeeze him for info uh especially daredevil is, is able to squeeze him for info so uh i think he's going to be another one of those characters that kind of takes us through um multiple shows so i thought that was cool that he's going to show up in luke cage yeah i was excited about that i, I loved turk in um in daredevil mm-hmm. and i thought I I can't remember the the actor's name who plays him, but I thought he just stole every scene he was in almost. Yeah, which again, very much like the comic. I mean, when Turk is in the comic, he's just uh you know, kind of that comic relief kind of sorta. Uh you know, he's not like out out funny, but he's just always like super bad luck, like at the wrong place at the wrong time all the time. 
Uh, and so they kind of did that in the in the show, which I thought was cool. Um, we got a little bit of a Daredevil teaser for season two, but it was like 90% season one footage and like 10% season two footage. Um, but we did get a little bits and glimpse of uh, John Bernthal's Punisher, which... Uh, yeah, we got to see the, the back of his head. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, again, no word on when we're going to get season two, but uh, but my guess is probably very close to when we got season one, if I if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I think that's probably about right. I think we'll see it in, in March or April, May of, of next year, Yeah, um, which would line up with what happened last year with Daredevil season one, or this year with season one. Yeah, I just wonder if we're going to get Luke Cage sooner, because I think they're filming Luke Cage now, um, so it's almost like they've got kind of both going at the same time. So I'm, I'm curious to see if... Um, you know how that's going to work. Yeah, I think uh, you know with an with an eight month turnaround time or or thereabouts, I think we could get Luke Cage even in the summer. And and if they get started on Iron Fist, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, but I think if they get started on Iron Fist or maybe Punisher or Jessica Jones season two, I think we could even get a third show uh, around this time or November of, of next year. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, so it looks like uh, kind of staying on on the TV side, but but away from the Netflix side. Um, one of my favorite favorite care I call him a character actor of all time. Kurtzwood Smith is going to play a character named Vernon Masters, a veteran of the War Department with a keen understanding how to work the system. I always love the descriptions they give to these characters. Um, <laughs> but he's going to show up on Agent Carter season two. Um, and I love Kurtzwood Smith. If you guys have never seen that 70s show, Red Foreman is like one of the greatest television characters of all time. Uh, I just, I love Kurtzwood Smith. And of course he was pretty iconic in RoboCop, uh, the first RoboCop movie. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know too much about his character and I, I know very little about Agent Carter season two at all for that matter, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I really loved season one. Yeah, I, you know, we were a little soft on on Agent Carter. Uh, it was kind of one of those things. Like in retro, re- retrospect, we said we're glad it exists. We're glad they did it, but we were just kind of hoping for a little more out of it. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, that in season two we kind of get what I think we we're missing uh, from season one. But uh, but new location, new um, new venue. They're they're moving to Los Angeles. So uh, so I think maybe that'll that'll kind of give us something different with it. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I think the ending of, of season one was maybe a little weak, but overall, I really enjoyed Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it can kind of become its own thing now. You know, I think part of it was they they felt like they had to kind of uh, tie too many things to either Captain America or Howard Stark, and I, th- I think with season two, they'll maybe let it kind of breathe and be its own thing, which I'm really hoping is what we get. Uh, but I love Haley sure. Atwell. I mean, she is just uh, she is just adorable uh, beyond words. And so, you know, to see her back on the screen as Peggy Carter to me is 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 worth it. Yeah, I agree. 
And the last thing I have in my notes, so back on the Netflix thing, so there's been a lot of talk about Iron Fist or a lot of lack thereof of Iron Fist. I know, um, you know, for those of you that listen to the show for a while, John is on Iron Iron Fist casting watch uh, probably month 18 at this point. Uh, You know, we've heard very little, if nothing, about Iron Fist. You know, we've gotten, you know, a lot of details on on Luke Cage, on Daredevil season two, and now Jessica Jones is ready to push out, uh, you know, but nothing, uh, nothing about Iron Fist. And, uh, so there's been a lot of swirling rumors. I've heard several things related to Iron Fist. Uh, and the, the most recent thing I, I heard today, uh, and again, these are wild speculation and rumors with no, no, no factual backup here, but, um, that we may get a Punisher series before we get an Iron Fist series. And, I think what we're seeing from Marvel sometimes is they want to strike while the iron is hot. And I think if, if early buzz on Bernthal's Punisher, which so far, you know, just in what he's, you know, been putting out on, you know, tweeting and Instagram and, um, you know, what Marvel has been letting out, the, the buzz has been very, very positive on, on Bernthal as the Punisher and, and from what we've seen. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of push things aside to, to move that forward, you know, being that it's a known quantity. Um, but but there's word that we may get that before we get Iron Fist. I don't know. I don't I don't really buy many of these rumors. Um, a lot of them are coming from no source yeah. or you know a, a, a hardly credible source. So I don't I haven't really bought too much into the Iron Fist rumors. Uh, other than that, I, I I do believe that they might be having some trouble figuring out what direction they want to go exactly with Iron Fist. But I still don't think it's the hardest thing that they've had to put to screen. I think they'll figure it out. And, you know, I I think that if we don't hear news about either casting or a showrunner by January or so, I think then we can start to get worried about maybe they're pushing it back. But the fact that we haven't heard anything right now, I don't think is a big indicator of anything. I I totally agree. I One of the things... And it's funny because John and I go back and forth about this all the time because he's getting he's getting a little concerned that, you know, maybe Iron Fist is a little too out there for what they want to do. But to me, they set up more with Iron Fist in the Daredevil series than they did anything else. I mean, there's no setup for Jessica Jones in the Daredevil series. There's really no setup for for Luke Cage. Uh, there's not really any kind of, you know, setup for, you know, a def- I, I would, you know, depending on what the Defenders is or or anything else. If you read the, you know, if you kind of read into a lot of things that that happened in Daredevil, and, we, and we've talked about them on the show, there's a lot of setup to Iron Fist in that show. So, for them to go, and I mean, they could always scrap it or whatever, but for them to be that deliberate, in my opinion, uh, in in putting the stuff in there for in Daredevil related to Iron Fist, it seems funny to me that they wouldn't kind of follow through on that. Yeah, I I agree 100, percent and I think when they when they announced the four original shows with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and, and Iron Fist, I, I I just feel like they wouldn't have announced the show if they didn't have at least a vague idea of what they wanted to do. Yeah. So so I, I don't I don't buy that they're totally clueless. I, I do think that they might be having some trouble because it is sort of the most out there sure. of the Netflix series, but I I have no no doubt that they'll figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I know the tax deal they got from New York was for 
whatever, 58 episodes or whatever, whatever it was, you know, it, it was a set dollar amount that they're going to spread out through those shows. And now that they've kind of, you know, that was before a season two of Daredevil or whatever. So what I haven't heard is if they've gone back to like the New York Film Commission or the Television Commission or whoever and and sought more in subsidies that they could get, you know, for filming in New York and, and you know, hiring a lot of locals, uh, you know, if if that's if that's it. Um, one of the things I thought about was with Luke Kay or with with uh, Iron Fist is that's probably one series where they could get away with not necessarily filming it in New York, uh, you know, because if they go with the mystical and the Kunlun aspect to it and that takes up a large portion of the show, uh, you wouldn't have to shoot that in New York. Um, so, you know, maybe that, you know, that allows them to kind of do some things simultaneously where they could do it in L.A. or they could do it in Toronto or something like that. Uh, but I haven't heard anything, uh, you know, one way or the other about that. I think that um, I think that they will be filming mostly in New York, if I had to guess, just because um, we haven't really gotten an origin story in the in the net. I mean, we got the origin story for Daredevil in the first five minutes of the first episode. Jessica Jones, she already has her powers by the first episode. She's already been a superhero and retired. Uh, Luke Cage, just from some of the lines he had in the trailer, it seems as though he already has his powers, even if he may be keeping that a secret. So I, I don't think that they'll break that formula, they'll break that pattern and do a full-blown origin story for Iron Fist, other than through flashbacks. So I do think the majority of of Iron Fist will take place in New York after he, he has his powers, after he's become Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good point. But I hope. I mean, I just would love to see, um, to, to see Iron Fist. The other thing, and this is, I'll take this as a little crazier uh, on the rumor side. But there's a couple things that uh, that lended a little bit of credence. But again, I kind of, I kind of fall on your side uh, of the fence, Doug. Where when you hear kind of wild rumors, I, I, t- my first reaction tends to be BS. Uh, <laughs> that's just, you know, maybe it's you know the old skeptic in me, but. Uh, but I, t- I tend to call BS on a lot of stuff um, that maybe they're going to change Iron Fist to Shang-Chi, that they're not going to use Danny Rand as Iron Fist, but but um, but use Shang-Chi. Um, the only and the, the, the article I read again, wild speculation, uh, the, the article I read said that because China is becoming such an emerging market for them uh, and, you know, with the deal they have with Iron Man and with how well Guardians are um uh, Ant-Man did in China that maybe, you know, a white Anglo uh, that becomes, you know, the master of martial arts in a in a land full of Asian people would be a tough sell in China. Uh, that, you know, having Shang-Chi kind of be that character uh, would be easier to, to kind of sell to that market. Um, the only other thing I'll add to that is Marvel recently solicited out they're going to be doing um they're going to be in three separate volumes but they're re-releasing the entire shang uh, chi master of kung fu uh comic in omnibus format so it's that large oversized uh comic format in hardcover um and it's been one of those things that they've never reprinted and the reason they've never reprinted it was because they didn't have the rights to the character of fu manchu uh so the conventional wisdom is in the reprint side of it is that they're going to probably just call, just go through and just change the text in there. And it's, he's not going to be called Fu Manchu. He'll be called something else. 
Um, either that or I, I'm not sure if Fu Manchu maybe is in public domain and now that they can, uh, if nobody else is, has rights to it, that they could use it. Um, again, th- th- you know, that could be just entirely coincidental, but uh, it just seemed like, you know, usually m- sometimes Marvel will do things on the publishing side to line up on the feature side. Uh, and so, you know, those two things are the only reason that I kind of, it kind of makes my, uh, uh, my eyebrow twitch just a, just a hair. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think you're right. And I think what you're saying makes sense, but like you said, any, any wild rumor without a really hard, credible source, I, I don't tend to put much stock into so we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays out. Um, and we haven't heard anything more. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of you know crazy speculation that we're going to get like a Moon Knight series, and you know that they're you know there's they're talking about like a like a Netflix fa- you know phase two that would be you know Punisher and Moon Knight and uh, you know some of these other characters. But again, nothing credible. Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. You know, nothing credible. I haven't heard anything you know as a follow up to that. Um, uh, so, so we'll see, but I, I think, you know, the good thing is Netflix is happy with their arrangement with Marvel. They were very, very happy with daredevil. Uh, I'm hoping Jessica Jones kind of gives them that same feeling. And I think if it does, I wouldn't be surprised to see Netflix want to expand that relationship with, uh, with Marvel further, because, you know, if, if, you know, they can, they can, you know, if, if they can basically have this slate of titles that just keeps people subscribed or subscribing, uh, then you know that's going to make Netflix very happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, what what company wouldn't want to partner with Marvel for something? I mean, they just keep having successes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and uh, Netflix seems to be certainly pushing uh, more of its you know eggs into the original content basket rather than the sort of digital blockbuster library basket so i think if that continues and they want to have these good sources for original content marvel's definitely a partner they'll want to keep yeah absolutely absolutely and you know that's that's netflix you know that we we talked again we talked about this on the show before but you know one of the great things about netflix is they don't really care you know they have no interest in ratings like ratings mean nothing to them uh you know they only care about making sure that people stay subscribed uh so you know that 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 that's the positive thing is they don't live and die uh, by the ratings. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's worked out really, really well for them in the past. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because some of these shows, you know, who knows if they went to network TV, if they would have, la- you know, would House of Cards have made it, you know, on on network television? I mean, obviously, if it went to an HBO or Showtime or something like that, it, it, they kind of have a similar model where they don't really care about ratings, but. Um, I, I think HBO cares more about ratings a little bit more than, than Netflix does. Um, you know, but, but just, you know, have, making that commitment, you know, the other, that's the other thing too, is when you go with the Netflix model or the HBO model, you know, they're done. Like you order up your episodes, you film them all and they all go out there. Um, you know, it's not like television where it's like, okay, we'll cut the order back or, you know, instead of 22, we're going to do 16 or we'll do eight or something like that. Um, you know, when you, right. There's no, there's no pilot season on Netflix. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an all or nothing proposition. Um, but so far they, that it's, it's served them well. Uh, so 
again, a lot of news. Is there anything uh, that you feel like I've missed? Is there anything you know that you wanted uh, news-wise to talk about that that I maybe didn't cover in the last? Again, it's been it's been about five weeks since we recorded. So you know, if there's anything anything else. No, I mean, I think that's uh, that's about it. That's that's all that I've heard about recently. Cool. Um, so I guess what we'll do now, like we, we mentioned, we'll just kind of do briefly um, talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I have seen, as we record this, I have not seen episode four of season three yet. So I've seen uh, Laws of Nature, Purpose in the Machine, and A Wanted in Human uh, so far. So... Uh, Doug, I'll start with you. What do you, you know, kind of as we're into season three of this show, what, what are your kind of impressions so far from the, from the seat, from the, from season three? Um, I, I mean, I love season three so far. And what I really like about agents of shield is that it, it's a show that has completely reinvented itself two or three times now. Um, and I think it started out as kind of a generic, not all that great, because it was trying to connect to the movies and just shoehorn references in every episode. Um, and then when Winter Soldier hit, it, it sort of turned into a more dark and, and I hate using the word gritty, but gritty, uh, at least for network TV, spy show. And I think that's what it was in season two. And now season three, there are, there are still elements of that that real espionage type spy show, but it has, it sort of become the show that we've wanted since it was announced, which is a superhero show that takes place in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, the, the inhuman direction and the secret warriors, uh, I think, I mean, it's, it's a great way for the, for the show to go. And I think they're handling everything really, really well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's one of the things after the first episode of season three, I, I said to myself was this show has finally become its own show. Uh, like, I, I feel like, you know, it's connected to the to the bigger MCU, but it's not shackled by it. Like even, you know, parts of season one and parts of season two, you know, felt like they were. Um, it feels like in season three, it's finally stretched its legs and, you know, it took a concept that it invented itself in the Inhumans. I mean, which, you know, again, we know that's still a slated phase three movie, but, uh, you know, it, that concept originated within the show and now they've kind of embraced it, you know, full bore. And, you know, I think for people that criticized it being like, there's not enough superhero in my show, I, I think towards the end of season two and now fully into season three, that's kind of, that's pretty much what they're getting now. I mean, granted, you know, again, you're not going it, to, it's not big, big name superheroes or villains or whatever. And you're never going to get that. And I never had for me personally, I never had that expectation. I mean, you know, anybody that felt like they were going to see Iron Man or Captain America show up in the show, you know, should have had a pretty big dose of reality check because, you know, a TV budget is not a movie budget. Right. Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. And I think in a lot of ways, and uh, this is actually something that Clark Gregg said at New York Comic Con, the core of the show is it's still about people. It's still about the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the the inhuman stuff that they're doing, um, I think, brings brings an element to it that makes it feel like you said, like it's its own corner of the MCU and not just like the stepchild trying to get the attention of, of its more successful older sibling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, and I think 
it's it has become the show that we've all wanted uh and it has it has the elements that you were talking about about the the more grounded show about people that you can do on a TV budget but it also has you know brought in these these inhumans and you know people are always wondering when the the TV show will start to influence the movies rather than the other way around. And I think with the Inhumans, that's when we'll finally start to see that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, I don't think it's a fair criticism to say, oh, well, you know, how come while all this stuff was going on, like they didn't show up in the Avengers or whatever? And it's like, you know, you could say that about comic books as well. Like how come when Iron Man is fighting this crazy villain and getting his butt kicked, why don't the Avengers show up? Or, you know, how come when, you know, character X is doing this, you know, these other people don't show up to do it. It's like, you just have to suspend that disbelief. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, when you're telling us a story about a character, a set of characters, you know, if you can always just lean on the full slate of characters to come in and save the day, then that just kind of is bland and boring in my opinion. So, um, I love yeah. Evil Ward. I think that's Oh, me too. Ward Ward has never been better than he is in season 3. Oh, and he's awesome. I just I, I we haven't seen enough of him yet. Um if if there's any criticism I have of season 3 so far and again I haven't seen episode 4 is that we just haven't gotten enough Ward. But when we do get him, he's he's pretty good. I mean, just just this whole uh, I guess it was season 3 where he showed up in um uh so yeah, so this will be spoiler. So just by the way, um, he he gets uh, Baron von Strucker's kid uh, and recruits him in, and I thought that was that, that you know, again he shows up on the boat. That whole boat scene was just fantastic. I mean, I just again I love Evil Ward uh, much more than Straight Straight Arrow Ward. Not just Evil Ward, Crazy Ward. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. He, I mean, he's not just evil for the sake of being evil. He is really unstable and he plays it so well yeah uh the other two surprises i think to this season have been a couple on two separate episodes really 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 strong performances by uh fitz and simmons uh you know we had that oh absolutely yeah we had that bit i guess at the end of episode two where fitz just goes at them at the um at the rock and just starts screaming um, and then we get that, you know, that when in episode three, I guess when Simmons, uh, uh, you know, after she's come back and, uh, uh, you know, is just kind of still not quite right, but just the way she reacts and that whole scene they had at dinner, um, again, two characters that I think have grown and changed the most, uh, since the show started. And I was a little afraid, um, did you ever watch the show Angel? Did you ever, did you ever watch um, I've I've seen some episodes of it, but I, I haven't watched it. So one of the things they did with Amy Acker's character, who is on the show, is they totally, like, she had kind of a similar experience kind of happened to her, sort of. And when she came back, she was, like, not the same person anymore. Um, and I was almost afraid they were, you know, just knowing that, um, it, you know, it's kind of a Joss Whedon show that, that they may go down that route. And I'm so glad they didn't, you know, that it's still Simmons. It's not, it's not somebody else as Simmons. Um, but... But again, you know, Fitz was kind of a broken character in season two, and now Simmons is kind of the broken character in season three. So it's kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition between those two characters. But, um, but you know, again, I think everybody's raising the bar. I mean, you know, a lot of criticisms on Chloe Bennett's character, and I think 
Um, well, now now she goes by Daisy, and it's not Sky anymore. But uh, you know, I think I think she's, you know, I think from from Jump they kind of intended her to kind of be the centerpiece of the show, uh, and she's really come into her own. And I I I really really like her character. I mean, I was not on the um, you know hate Sky bandwagon in season one two like a lot of people were. Um, but I really, I, I, I really think that she's kind of coming into her own as an actress, you know, with this character, I think they figured out how to write her to where she's not, um, you know, a caricature, uh, so much. And, and she's actually, uh, you know, the things she say don't seem so awkward. Yeah, I agree. And I think Chloe Bennett has, has improved by leaps and bounds as an actor since season one as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, I love Hunter. I could I could watch like they you know at first when they talked about a spinoff show with uh, with Bobby and Hunter, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think if they did a spinoff show with Hunter, I think I would watch it uh, because he just kills me. I mean, just uh, his delivery, his humor, his um, you know, just just the way I, I just I really I think of all the characters they've added to this show, even more so than I think than than uh, than Adrian Pilecki is is uh, I think Nick Blood is just killing it as Lance Hunter. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, you know, about the spinoff, I think that um I think that as Agents of Shield starts to go certainly more down the inhuman secret warriors path, I think that the Marvel's most wanted spinoff with him and, and Mockingbird, I think that'd be a good place to see more of the sort of hard, realistic spy type stuff. Um and so to kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, that that idea has really stalled me on the idea of a spinoff with uh, with Hunter and, and Bobby. Yeah, and I think because of the direction they're taking the show in season three, I think it makes sense. Like when they talked about this kind of in you know last season, I was like, I don't. It just seems like two shows with the same thing. Um, exactly. But you know now that they they're clearly going down this like you said the Secret Warriors path, I think it. Uh, I, you know I think it I think it's a di- enough of a differentiator to to make it kind of two discrete shows. So. Uh, so I, you know, I've been uh, happy, happy with 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 those two, and then I love the the Hunter May uh, road show that we're getting. Uh, that I guess it was episode three that I saw where May had kind of her eighties um, rocker chick outfit, you know, the the torn t shirt and the jeans and stuff like that, and just the crazy makeup and stuff. It, it's it, I, you know, one of the things that you know i wasn't as big of a fan of in season one and season two was may is just kind of this like says three words always has a scowl like we don't really get to know may um you know and even though we had that origin episode last season that kind of talked about her past and how she got you know became known as the calvary and and this and that uh, i'm really liking you know we got to see her with her dad you know early on in, in in episode two and now that she decided to team up with Hunter and they're kind of on the road. I, I really like that we're starting to get to see more personality of of May because I love Ming Na Wen. I think she's she's fantastic, uh, and I, I love that we're you know we're kind of like I said we're getting more of a two dimensionalness with her and not just a one dimensional. Yeah, I, th- I think you could almost say that for every character except Coulson. Um, yeah. As the series has gone on, the writers have figured out how to write all the different characters and. And that process, especially for May, I think, has has really benefited the show. And I like Mac and uh, again, Mac and and Daisy. I mean, they're again, kind of two opposites. I mean, Mac is very much like, okay, I'm doing this, but 
he's almost there as the as the counterpoint. Like I think Colson has him there to give the dissenting opinion. Like he's not going to go along with everything that Colson says. He's not going to going to fall in line and just say, "Oh yeah, this is all great." He's he's the voice of reason. Um, you know, cuz Daisy and and Colson have this, you know, kind of tight relationship, almost like a father-son uh relationship, and I think they kind of can be blinded by each other's uh, you know, what each other wants to do. And I think, I think having Mac there is kind of the voice of reason has been, has been a really, a really, a really good choice. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like Mac, but I, I do think of all the characters, I think he's my, he, not my least favorite, but I think he's the one that's used the least well, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think sure. they're, they're not playing that, that, that dissenting opinion role that he could have um he he had it for a while in season two and we haven't seen too much of that in uh in season three yet i I would really like to see more of him and more of his character yeah i'm i'm just glad that they're putting him out in the field like he's actually going out with daisy like that was one of the criticisms i had with season two it's like oh he's just the mechanic he's the guy that they show every so often and then he just gets upset with people for doing stupid stuff um now at least he feels like a truly functioning member of the team where he's you know, like I said, he's going out in the field and and he's there, you know, with Daisy. So I, I, I again, I, 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 I hope that's a trend they continue with him. Yeah, I, I think it will be. I think that um, he's he and Daisy have been set up as the the team in the field this season because yeah. uh, you know Hunter's off on his revenge mission with Ward. May is kind of gone missing or. We know where she is, but she's still not with S.H.I.E.L.D. Bobby's in rehab. So Daisy and, and Mac are really their, their only two capable field agents. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny with Bobby, uh, you know, where they kind of all of a sudden she's now like not the the kick ass agent. She's the brainy science type. And it's it's like. And they've, they've they've done that with her in the comics, so it's it's not like completely out in left field. But it was funny; I had to laugh. Like in the first episode, Coulson's like, "Well, I guess that biology degree you got is really going to come in handy." It was almost like, "Okay, I've really got to hit this home to people that she belongs in this lab and that she's not just here because, uh, you know, she's still rehabbing, uh, you know, and we need to, you know, all of a sudden make this happen." It, it was just kind of funny how they how they handled that. Yeah, uh, you know, without I know you haven't seen episode four, so without giving any anything away, I think that they are going to start to to get her back out there because you can tell, especially in episode four, she's she's done with rehab. She's not happy with it anymore. She's anxious to get back out there. So I don't I don't think they're going to be able to keep her cooped up for too much longer. Cool. And what do you think about um, so one of the newest additions to the cast, uh, Constance Zimmer, who's playing. Uh, the ATCU chief, uh, Rosalind Price. I, I love her. Um, and I think that she and Colson have a fantastic, uh, dynamic. They have great chemistry. I agree. And, and I, I wouldn't be at all opposed to seeing a little bit of a romance between them. Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, they, they both, you know, they're both kind of skeptical. They're both devious. They both, uh, you know, have the ability to kind of get one up on, on their opponent. They both have the thing for cars. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, I mean, some of it's a little, you know, a little too coincidental, but, but again, it's just, it's kind of cool that, um, that Colson finally has kind of like a counterpoint. That's very much like him. 
you know, as opposed to either going up against somebody that's just flat out insane or, um, you know, or, or, you know, whatever that he's, you know, that there's this other agency that has a head that's, you know, kind of like him. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of the people that Colson has dealt with, uh, who are in power or in a position of power, like he is, um, like you said, they've either been evil or crazy, uh, thinking about Whitehall and Ward, uh, or they've maybe meant well, but they weren't very bright, like General Talbot. Right. Um, but somebody who's, or Garrett, yeah, who is completely insane. Um, I think, I think she's the first person who, she doesn't just mean well, she's actually smart enough to get things done for good. Right. Um, and they may disagree on the methods, but they, they do ultimately want the same thing. They both have those same values and they're both smart enough and powerful enough to, to get things done. Yeah, I agree. I like that we got, uh, so William Sadler showed up as President Ellis. So that was a cool little tie through from Iron Man 3. I thought that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And uh he was in right, I don't he wasn't in it, but his name was was in uh, the Winter Soldier as well. So that's that's yeah. just a cool little bit of continuity that has been laced throughout the MCU. Yeah. And it wasn't so in your face like uh you know, if you haven't seen Iron Man three for a while, or not a you know crazy nerd like most of us are, you'd be like, you know, you wouldn't even even know that was like, oh, that's the president from Iron Man three. Um, but I like William Sadler. I think he's a, he, you know again another great character actor uh, to bring into the fold. Yeah, I, I agree, and I I like seeing him. All right, well. Uh, that's really all I had. Like I said, we're just kind of taking a cursory look at those episodes. And I think, uh, you know, when we kind of regroup later in the week, uh, we'll probably kind of go like episode by episode and probably kind of give a better rundown of, you know, plot and, and things like that. Um, and, and talk about that in a little more detail, but again, it's, it's been a month. So, uh, you know, we apologize for the delay in the episode, but, uh, but wanted to get something out. And again, there was, a ton of news so um so doug again thanks for for joining on uh, with me tonight to to get this done thanks for having me i had a great time yeah Hope to come back absolutely absolutely open invite um and and so folks out there if you want to see more of what doug does over at mcu exchange uh you can you can head over to mcuexchange.com uh, and check out the articles uh, that he contributes to the site, um, specifically the the Agents of Shield stuff, and that's going to be on the features section of the website, correct? Yeah, that's going to be on features, and and it's we we just did a redesign of the site. It's all nice and clean and and shiny looking, which is awesome. Um, did a really great job with it, and uh, and the features page has all the opinion pieces or or breakdowns or reviews of, of the agents of shield episode. And then the news page has all the, the news items that come out throughout the week. Cool. Um, and then we'll have some, uh, we'll, we'll get to some feedback too next, next time. Uh, since we, we have some episodes, I put a, a couple threads on the Facebook page, uh, you know, that, that people have responded to. So again, this is more just like a news catch up. And then just kind of, like I said, just to give us a rundown of, of, of what's going on. So, if you head over to facebook.com slash MCU podcast, uh, you can join the Facebook group over there and, and, uh, we're always posting up a bunch of stuff, feedback, etc. Um, 
that you can check out there. Um, I think there's some Twitter comments that that we're back on. Uh, so this coming week, I should be back on the uh, live tweeting of the episodes. That's something I've been a little lax on. Uh, honestly, as a long-suffering Cubs fan, I was uh, so baseball had a little bit of play uh, into why we were uh, delayed on the episodes. Uh, but now that my Cubbies are out of the playoffs, uh, I'm a in mourning, but b not uh, crazy glued to my TV uh, watching watching Major League Baseball. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I'm so sorry to hear that you're a Cubs fan. <laughs> are you a Mets fan? Uh, well, I am, but I, I just, I feel bad for, for anybody who, who likes the Cubs because it's like, you know, you know, what's going to happen every, every season. That's Uh, that's part of it. That's just, I, you know, (laughs) that just, to me, that's just what, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, well, I mean, being from Chicago and, and, you know, just kind of coming from a long, long line of, uh, of Cub fans. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you just don't expect it. So when it happens, it's, it's kind of magic. So, uh, I'll take what I can get. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so again, check that out. Uh, like I said, we, we should be back next week, uh, for, for a shield catch up week. And then pretty much from that, you know, moving forward, I think we'll be back on our regular weekly schedule, uh, to get caught up on episodes, uh, for the rest of the season, uh, and then into Agent Carter, and then back after the hiatus. So, uh, like I said, we've uh, kind of retooling things a little bit here. So, appreciate everybody's patience. Um, and uh, like I said, head over to the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com/slash MCU podcast, um, and uh, leave us an iTunes review as well. Uh, go on over to iTunes and, and check out It's All Connected. Uh, we always appreciate any iTunes reviews. We'll have some of those we can read off uh, next time as well. Um, but it helps the show get exposed. Uh, you can check out our Patreon campaign, uh, patreon.com slash it's all connected. Uh, again, that um, uh, support of the Patreon campaign would uh, definitely help in, in getting us uh, on, a, on a more regular schedule, I would, I would say. Um, and we appreciate everybody that's, that's uh, backing uh, our Patreon campaign. Um, and then, of course, like we mentioned, mcuexchange.com. Uh, they are kind enough to host the podcast um, as well as have great articles on news and features and, and cool ways that the MCU ties together and uh, gets you up to speed on, you know, all, all the stuff coming up. So uh, head on over and check that out. Um, and then if you want, send us an email at it's all connected at gmail.com and we will respond back to you as well. Uh, so until next time, this is Russ. And again, Doug, uh, you've been listening to it's all connected. <laughs>